Alright everybody, welcome back to the Back to Warcraft podcast. It's been a while since we did this. Uh, there were a couple of reasons for that. A, the beginning of the year was a little bit rough. B, once things were sorted out, everything became a little stressful. And I never really found the time and peace and place to really do this. Apart from all the other stuff that was going on. So welcome back. I... I I just got up this morning and felt like, okay, today is a good day to not necessarily stream, but just talk. Just talk to myself, uh, talk to a couple of other people. As for this episode, we have a live audience in some sort of way. Some Twitch uh, subs and some Patreon supporters can listen in live and comment on stuff. So if you want to support us, if, if you want to be there with the next recording, feel free to hit the subscribe button on Twitch or follow us on Patreon, support us on Patreon. Uh, we got a big agenda here today. All the updates regarding Warcraft 3. I won't break everything down that happened since the last podcast because there was just so much. I think it was around like late last year. This might be the first episode this year, uh, to be honest. So what happened since then? Obviously... The tournament landscape has changed quite a bit as ESL dropped out and therefore DreamHack dropped out. And it took some time to really let that sink in to me to to, to get used to the new reality uh, of competitive Warcraft 3. I think I talked about this and I was really hopeful that we can now do everything we want, basically. And there is some creative freedom in that. There's There's no boundaries anymore. And to a degree, that's right. But of course, there's also big funding not there anymore. So everything was a little stressful. Um, viewership went down, obviously. And yeah, just financial support went went down in general for this game. Uh, in conjunction with still no support from Blizzard, which is our big first topic that we got here today. And that is one year without a patch. Uh, we celebrated, in quotes, this on our Twitter and I think all the other social media. I'm not 100% sure if I shared it everywhere. Um, but I did some research prior to this uh, post and, of course, summed up everything that happened in the past 12 months, which is quite a lot on one side and very, very little on the other side. Um, so, yeah, that is... Uh, that, that was an interesting tweet. It got some good traction for our social media state. It was blowing up big time with like 400 likes and uh, 60 retreats. That is insane for us. Uh, but I think it was a very, very well put together post. So we can talk a little bit about it because since then, a little bit of stuff has happened when it comes to Blizzard reacting and also how the scene itself rejuvenates a little bit, I want to say. At least, oh, maybe I'm just too hopeful once again, but uh, definitely feels like we're over this uh, sad state of l grief after losing DreamHack in ESL. Just, it feels like everybody get accustomed to the new reality and uh, that we don't have the sugar daddy ESL anymore. And we settled in. Um, the people who uh, just were in there for, for the big ESL tournaments probably left, but the diehards are still there, and that was always the core of the Warcraft 3 community. And big money, of course, in, in quotes once again, because in comparison to other games, we never had the big monies. Uh, but it was definitely great support and was definitely funding for the scene cut in half. 
So, I'm rambling a little bit here, I'm losing my train of thought, but anyway, let's start with point number one, and that is the one year no patch that was posted on April 14, that is almost two weeks ago already, uh, where I posted this, people on the YouTube recording can soon see the tweet that I put together. It's basically everything we know already, there's no news in this or anything. But just a summary, and for some people I think it was really, really good to get that summary. Um, what happened, because a lot happened uh, when Blizzard was still Radio Silence, so the last patch, 1.3210, was a balance update. So there was no big functionality, there was no features uh, added to that, it was just screwing around with a few numbers, right? But it was very, very good. I think the patch that we're on is very, very good. With, of course, a couple of issues, uh, with three or four things being too strong. But it's not unplayable in any case. So we're kind of lucky that this is the patch that they left us on. And not, for example, the Keeper patch of two years ago, whatever it was. Or the unpatched Crypt Lord, because that was also kind of fun for a while, but then rather stale. And in our current meta, we still have some developments, right? We just recently, four weeks or so, explored that opening ghouls is a nice way for undead against orcs. So this speaks for the quality of this patch. I think that after one year, uh, there's still new developments, right? So this feels kind of fresh in some regards. But as I said, there was no functionality added to Warcraft 3. Uh, outside of War 3 Champions, of course. So the first thing I pointed out is that despite the developer's blog post that we got last year, and I posted here somewhere, not really, um, from Blizzard, we still have no ladder, we still have no profiles, we still need clans, so the functionality of the old Frozen Throne is still not back in Reforge, which is still a damn shame. And there's no big updated stuff as well in terms of, uh, you know, graphic updates, etc., etc. So that was all summed up there. There were also a couple of Blizzard responses that I put in. For example, um, last time they had a BlizzCon line, so... Nothing in Anaheim at a convention center due to COVID, of course, but they held this online presentation keynote thingy and Warcraft wasn't mentioned there. But in a post-BlizzCon line interview, they said that the team is still working on it and that we can expect something there. Boom, blatant lie. Didn't get anything, obviously. Um, then earlier this year, someone asked Mike Ibarra, the current president or leader or whatever his title is of Blizzard Entertainment, what's up with Reforge? And he said, I will ping the team. And then once again, nothing happened. So we let, we were left in the dark again. Um, so yeah, that was something that I put in my Twitter rant as well. Just showcasing everything that's still missing, uh, everything that the community is doing, because of course on the other side, on the War 3 Champions side, I also put the list together, what they did in one year compared to this $1 billion company and what three champions just did amazing. I mean, it's not a one-person team, it's a, it's a 10 people maybe, but there's very few people doing the heavy lifting for that team. So we got amazing profiles there. Uh, we got a thing called prime time for two and two in FFA to boost these modes. 
we got very good and quick matchmaking. Uh, Flow TV was introduced, so you can observe all the letter games that you want to observe. Custom games are featured there as well, etc., etc., etc. It's just a wonderful tool and it keeps on getting better. So this is what you can do with a passion and dedication uh, to things that Blizzard, of course, always points out when they talk about their products. Uh, can do. Where am I going with this? Yeah, that we got a response. Uh, that was two days ago. And I want to thank a certain viewer on Twitter who always keeps me up to date with this. And that is uh, Quinn, a.k.a. at F. King Pepega. Uh, because he's, I think, just lurking in the Twitch channel of Mike Ibarra, uh, the leader of Blizzard. And whenever Reforged is mentioned, because people... Um, keep on bringing up Reforged in his Twitch channel, which is very good, and sometimes he feels inclined to talk about it. This was the case when he said, oh, we'll ping the team and let's see what happens. Uh, so this time he said, yeah, I know that everybody is screaming at me on Twitter. So <laughs> I think, yes, I reached out to him. Uh, my, my message reached the recipient, right? So uh, your retweets, your likes, your comments probably helped that he saw that there is still a big demand for an update of Warcraft 3. So he answered that, like, yeah, I know everybody is yelling at me on Twitter. I'm sorry, Mike, I wasn't yelling. I was just pointing out facts. And not in a bad way. Um, but I kind of feel like it was time to change the narrative with that one year. I was always of the opinion that jumping on Blizzard and insulting them or whatever wasn't the right way because that starts like a negative spiral in the community. A downward spiral of still grief, anger. It just leads to a negative feeling all around. And so in the past 12 months and more, I tried to shift the focus a little bit from attacking Blizzard to trying to give praise to the War 3 Champions team and all the community interactions and also the ESL and DreamHack stuff. So from just attacking a single player in the game to praising all the other players in the game because that automatically leads to a better community. If more people praise stuff, it is a better feeling all around than compared to if an entire community is constantly shitting and nagging, right? So it's kind of obvious. And trust me, I would love to do, like, nothing else but 12 months of just ranting on Twitter of how bad Reforged is. Like, that should be obvious. But sometimes you gotta put your personal anger aside and do what's right for the great good. And that's kind of what I did. And I gave them a lot of time. I gave them a lot of time to fix stuff and to improve stuff and maybe start talking. But what I also don't want to do is that this gets forgotten because that's the second worst thing that can happen uh, next to a super negative community. So I thought, hey, one year of no patch. That's a decent timing to change the narrative a bit, but not angrily yelling but respectfully pointing out the, to us, obvious. People in adjacent scenes might not be aware of what we are aware of. So having the summary, I think, was a good way. And so I think I wasn't yelling. 
I think I wasn't doing in anything inappropriate. Um, but there's also a little... A little thing on socials and surrounding Blizzard that bugs me a bit. Because whenever they do a World of Warcraft update stuff, they talk about Warcraft as a whole. And that's just not true. <laughs> we are also Warcraft. We are also part of the franchise. So last week or this week, I'm not even sure, they had a Warcraft keynote thingy. And I took the opportunity to make a little fun of them. Not in bad spirit, just a little fun. Just poking the bear a little bit. And apparently we went through, because a couple of days ago he said, uh, yep, I, I pinged the team. Basically, it's not a direct quote, but uh, from his Twitch chat, someone again was asking about the state of Reforge, and he said, I don't want to speak for the team, but you'll hear for them soon. And soon is also the 20th birthday of Warcraft 3, so can it be a coincidence that the team wants to do something soon and that there's a birthday coming up? Maybe! It could just be the case that they forget about the 20th anniversary and move on and we will never hear from them. That shouldn't surprise us too much. Because of what we went through in the past two years. But, you know, Blizzard loves their round numbers and anniversaries and putting an announcement on a birthday of a game or whatever. So this could just be a coincidence. Um, could mean that on July 3rd we're gonna hear something. Wait, isn't that a Sunday? Yeah, that's a Sunday, so we're probably not hearing anything on Sunday. But maybe on July 5th, because that is the European birthday of Warcraft 3, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, around the beginning of July, uh, if we don't hear anything then, then I think we can officially call it quits with the relationship of Blizzard. And this kind of leads me to my next topic, uh, because a big topic in the community is also, should War 3 champions, or should someone, do alternative balancing? And I think if we don't hear anything until the midst of July, we should seriously consider that this is the best thing we can do. We gave them enough time. I think one year plus is more than enough. It would be different if they were in touch with us. But a year of silence is enough. If there's half a year and then they send out a feedback uh, survey or whatever, or they start talking to certain figures in the community, I don't have to be involved in that, but if they talk to a Remo or answer his balance suggestions, emails, which to my knowledge they didn't do in a long time, or go talk to a Grubby, who's of course, um, or would be a very, very good guy to do a balance patch or give suggestions, a good advisor, then that would be something. But that didn't happen for one year either. And so I think, okay, it's just, if, it's, if it's one year of silence, then move on. And a lot of people don't agree with me on that. Oh, you should never do community balance. It will just destroy the game. You know what? I heard this so many times. Uh, I don't take that seriously anymore. Because... That was the same argument when War 3 Champions started. Oh, you will split the community! And the community was already split between Battle.net and Netties. Um, and I think the War 3 Champions community is the 
biggest we ever had. Of course, there's still plenty of people playing on Battle.net, but we will probably never reach them. So anybody who takes this a little seriously is already on Water Champion. Uh, we didn't split the community. We actually reunited the community with global matchmaking because of all the servers and great matchmaking and other stuff that keeps the game up to date. So that's no point to me if... How do we introduce this, though? It's a relatively big topic. And we got to be very, very careful with this. I think... We should take an, a similar approach to what we did with maps. Because what the map situation... Like, the map situation at the moment is, I think, the best we ever had. Uh, with the new War 3 Champions season, we introduced two maps. And fixed two others. Uh, Last Refuge and Tight Hunters. So updating maps has always been a very, very difficult topic as well. How many times did we say, oh, we can't touch Last Refuge? Because uh, on Netties, in, in the Asian tournaments, they play the Last Refuge version of Netties and they will not patch. Well, at this point, it's kind of their own fault. We can't... We can't handicap ourselves if we have all the tools that we need to make the game better just because a couple of players in the game can't catch up. It shouldn't be too hard for them uh, to do what we, quote-unquote, do and update maps. So if we have a map community, which we do, we have a vibrant map community, and they can do... Thing, good things to the game, then let them do these things that are good to the game. And with the recent developments in, in maps, I think we have a very reasonable council of people who deeply care about this game, who have the tools to, to change things that are flawed in this game and to introduce them in a way that nobody is really concerned or nobody abandons the game because of these changes. All the maps that were introduced got some feedback in the beginning, but then they were updated and now everybody accepts them. Like, for example, Northern Isles, which was hated at the beginning. Like, for example, an Autumn Leaves that got a very, very good update. So people know what they're doing and the community knows by now how to feedback things. And then the map makers are acting according to the feedback and change flaws. And this is also what we can do with balance. I don't say that if Blizzard doesn't say anything until August or whatever, we have a 500 MB patch ready that changes footmen to range and gives archers knives and let the demon hunter fly. That's, that's not the approach that I want to see. But <clears throat> if a certain amount of people, like a balance council or whatever you want to call it um, is of the opinion that f just an example fixing headhunters by lowering their uh, cost or uh, by, by increasing their cost is a good thing we can do that and then we put four to five changes together and that's then the community patch and we can go on from there we can be a lot more agile we can react a lot faster to the community, to the feedback, to balance developments, and we can also be way more innovative with things. Like, 
I'm actually kind of surprised that one of the changes that we had on the new maps didn't get negative feedback, and that is the introduction of a new item in the tier one item department. Because on springtime, where you can find stuff like Slippers of Agility, which usually gives plus three to a single stat, you can now find a Ring of Superiority, which gives plus one stats to everything. Nobody really talked a lot about that. Which to me thinks that it's good, because it's not overpowered or anything. Uh, but it's a change. Like, hey, there's a fresh item in the player's inventory. That's cool. That's new. That's interesting. That's a little spicy. I don't think two years ago you could just introduce a new item and get a get a, away with it, so to speak. So this is the approach to me. Small, simple stuff. Figure out who can who is responsible, who you can rely on, who is reasonable enough without being too wild, too crazy to change the original formula of the game. And I'm very sure we can do it because we did it with the server when it comes to how should matchmaking be, how uh, should profiles be, how uh, should everything be structured. And how can you implement things? And we did it with maps. So I don't see a single reason why we shouldn't be able to do this. Or people, I don't want to be included there. Uh, why people shouldn't be able to do it with balance as well. And then... I think I said this before. Somewhere. Maybe it was a stream, maybe it was a podcast. Since we don't rely on the Battle.net ladder anymore, well, because there is no ladder, obviously. <laughs> um, <coughs> we don't need the melee restrictions that Battle.net maps have. That means we can break everything up. We can introduce triggers to maps. We can implement observer functions to maps. We can do everything we want with these maps. And that's why Warcraft maps are so cool. If you don't limit yourself with a certain number of restrictions, then you can do everything you want. That's a big chance for this game to stay fresh and relevant. Um, that might be the mission for the second half of 2021. 2022. Oh my god, I'm living in the past. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's not too unrealistic that this will happen. This happened before to Age of Empires. And the good thing is, if Blizzard cares at one point about the game again, like if they rebuild it for mobile or whatever, who knows, they can just pick up the community patch if they see that it was going well. We got all the testing ground in the world. We could even make a, a split ladder, which would be bad, I think, but we could. Opt in, opt out, whatever you want. There's multiple options. You just have to explore them and build them, I guess. Hey, that was a long part one. How far are we? 23 minutes of just the first topic. I got several more. <laughs> so yeah, that's my approach for the future. Any comments? Put it in the podcast channel if you want to comment on that. Otherwise, I will move on. 
But of course, I can always take your feedback and answer in the next podcast episode. That is no problem at all either. Um, then let's talk about the War 3 Champions finals, uh, since we praised War 3 Champions. So obviously, with the lack of ESL and DreamHack, there's no... And WGL. There's no big tier 1 tournament around anymore. So I think War 3 Champions finals are among the biggest tournaments that we have in the entire scene. And we just held them this week? Last week? I'm not too sure. Recently. I think the finals were actually last week or whatever. Um, so once again, Lul Happy wins, but for the first time in three seasons he wins. First it was uh, Foggy then Soin. Now Happy is back on the throne. Kind of a lucky grit for him, I want to say. No strong orcs there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he got colorful, who he always beats. And, and he got Hawk, who he always beats. Uh, and then he got fierce battles against Lawlight. That was actually sick. The winner bracket final was, to be honest, the real final. That best of five was just insane from start to finish. Both players playing their absolute best. Way better series than the DreamHack Grand Final. Um, these guys were just giving giving their all. And it's, it's definitely the series of the tournament. Winner bracket final, Happy vs. Lawlight is just gorgeous Warcraft um, from front to finish. In general, we had a high, high quality of games. Even though there were some obstacles this time. Um, obviously, we had to react relatively quickly on the ban of Johnny Cage, which I think I will go into, like this whole topic I want to get into the next episode that was just, that's too much. Um, that's the whole Russia topic could be an entire podcast. So I'll probably do this next week uh, since I did a lot of research on that and I don't want to shoehorn that in into a champion's topic or something. That deserves to be its own topic as it's way too sensitive as well. So, uh, from the Orga point of view, we had to react to the ban of Johnny Cage on War 3 Champions, and we found a replacement, luckily very quickly, in Labyrinth, who I think is one of the most exciting players in all of Warcraft at the moment, uh, playing very, very good Undead, but a very, very different style with Dreadlord, etc. And we were able to see that in the series versus Shao Kai. If you're into Dreadlords... Watch the Labyrinth vs. Shao Kai series on on, on map on Last Refuge. Uh, it's gonna be this is gr this is a so fun Warcraft. I don't want to say it's without flaws, and uh, for someone who's just looking for perfect play, that's certainly not it. But if you look for entertainment and fun, then that is the that's the map you should watch. Anyway, that was a problem uh, finding a replacement, etc. Then. Throughout both weekends, we had the problem with the launcher version. You probably heard that on the broadcast a couple of times. What's the issue here? Well, the launcher of War 3 Champions that everybody was using for a long time was 0.171, I think, or 0.170, whatever, 17. Let's call it launcher 17. But they recently updated the launcher with a few... Uh, UI enhancements and a new tab, etc. So that is version 19. Unfortunately, 
throughout the past couple of months, the auto update of War 3 Champions launcher broke. There's some Microsoft reasons behind it. I don't understand this because I'm a technical idiot, but there are some issues that prevent the War 3 Champions team from enabling the auto update. Of course, as always, they are already working on it, but this time it wasn't able to find a quick fix. So everybody who downloaded the latest launcher from the homepage had launcher version 19. Everybody who didn't do that had still version 17. And that's kind of okay, because if you're in a ladder game, everything is fine. You can play, a player with launcher version 17 can play against a player with a launcher version 19 without any issues. But if it's a custom game and there's observers in the game, then the game desyncs. Once again, I don't know why. Not a technical programmer, coder nerd kind of guy. Just a dude talking to a microphone. So I don't know why. I just, just know what it is. And we tried to hammer it in to every player, every observer, everyone involved. Please update your launcher with links and how to do it, etc., etc. Well, people only react if things are broken. That's just a fact. They never listen when they're pinged. They just react when it's absolutely necessary. And that's kind of what happens. So we had to remind 15 out of the 16 players to please update their launcher. Um, and then we had FFA as well, where we had to do it again. And same for Legion TV, yada, yada, yada. It was a big mess. So when that was fixed on, like, say, day four out of five, all of a sudden, the lobby started to act up. And we still don't really know why. So we had a lot of issues where A, players couldn't join the lobbies. Players were in the lobbies but couldn't read the chat. Players were in the lobbies, could read the chat, but then we started everything and the game just couldn't be created. It was an absolute mess. And we haven't figured out why. But it just vanished after the War 3 Champions Finals for some reason. It was just cursed. I think the War 3 Champions Finals are oftentimes just cursed. Uh, then, of course, we had a, the unfortunate dropout of Chemico. So my dream of having a, a War 3 Champions final without a single dropout is once again not uh, not there. It was very similar to the X-Lord issue, actually, uh, of, of last time, where Chemico noticed us on a very, very short notice that he couldn't play uh, on the date that he was given. And then we switched everything around for him. And then, unfortunately, something changed in his schedule, and then he just couldn't play on, on Championship Sunday, and then it just makes no sense to let him play. Anyway, the games we got after a long time were really freaking good, and the community chipped in $5,000, which is definitely more than Season 9. Mostly due to Kleine Schildpad, who just donated 2k, and it was absolutely nuts. One of the greatest feelings when you start a Metrorino fundraiser thingy. And it didn't go too well the first few hours, and then I went to bed. And then I woke up to a $2,000 donation by Kleine Schildpad. This guy is just mad. So we had $800 more than Season 9, uh, which in the day and age where Warcraft audience and contributions in general are basically cut in half. This was a miracle and definitely re-energized me. Because for, like, prior to this tournament, 
Um, this was like four months of seeing everything cut in half. Viewership, uh, tournaments in general, also subs, like everything minus 50%. That's a lot when you make a living from this game. <laughs> Try to make a living from this game. Uh, basically, your boss comes around on New Year's Eve and says, Ah, by the way, starting tomorrow, <laughs> uh, you only get half the money you get now. Like, oh, okay, okay, that's rough. Okay, that's rough. But, you know, we all get used to the new reality. And uh, we are still pretty stable, so don't worry about us. But, hey, if you have a... And Amazon Prime, I want to chip in on Patreon. Feel free to do so. <laughs> then, in the like, since we took over War 3 Champions Finals, I think that was season 8, right? We did 8, 9, 10. We always had a group of admins by our side who basically did everything for us when we were broadcasting, which is the best, but it's all volunteer work. And this time we were in the unfortunate position where... Remo, Carson, and I had to do everything ourselves, which is 100% understandable, and it's just uh, what we do, right? Like, if there's a problem, we fix it. And shout out to Carson and Remo for stepping up to the occasion and having my back these War 3 Champions Finals. Remo became an admin all of a sudden, never really did that, but chef kiss performance there, despite all the obstacles with hosting games. Carson all of a sudden knows how to pr uh, produce a clean feed, which we give to all the streamers who want it on Twitch and also Douyu for the Chinese community. So, boom! Issue fixed. That would that made me real proud. And also everything we did prior to the event with Duro and New Hero. Also Grinchy was involved. Also Riptide with the graphics. Everything once again um, super nice to do. Even if it's always stressful, it's always a nice job. And we added two things to these War 3 Champions Finals, despite the one-on-one. -on -one. We always have a little more. A uh, special shout-out to the FFA community. It's kind of, I think, their biggest showcase, the War 3 Champions Finals. And FFA is oftentimes the abandoned stepson of the abandoned stepson, I feel. <laughs> uh, even though it's rising now, there was not too much going on in that FFA scene for a while. And uh, Rulers, a prominent part of that scene hits me up and says, hey, um, I can take care of everything, but we want to spot at the War 3 Champions Finals. I'm like, yo, nice. I love FFA. Let's do it. And this guy is organizing uh, the prelims. He's observing the ladder. He does the snapshot. He puts in some prize money. He's organizing everything. He gets the players at the right time. He's doing the cast with me as well. Um, so this is awesome. This is just a perfect example. So I hear a lot of people saying... Uh, you should do two and two. You should do four and four. Like, yeah, that would be great. Wouldn't that be great if we had all the different flavors that we have on War 3 Champions put together in one big final over two weekends and give a showcase to all of them? Yes, but I can say that our team can only do so much. And a global online tournament, organizing that with just three to four people is insane and so on top of that we can't do more then we're seriously burning out before the first match has started so if there's someone 
who wants to do a special showcase for two and two, hit me up. If there's someone, because I know that uh, uh, four and four is flourishing and everybody seems to love four and four, which I don't really understand and don't really like because I think one on one is better. But yeah, I see the argument for playing it, etc. Uh, so if you want to do a special four and four show match or a four and four semifinal into final, hit me up. If you organize it, I'll give you the stage. Let's go. But if I organize that myself, especially knowing how some 4-on-4 four four players are acting, <laughs> then, no, I'll I'll call it quits and just bury myself before the first match has even started. So, super up for it. I saw someone um, stepping up and trying to do a Reign of Chaos final, maybe. That would be cool. Uh, we introduced Legion TD this time, where basically the exact same thing happened that we did with the FFA. Like, some member of the F uh, Legion TD community said, Hey, we're doing the finals just like you do in our game mode. We know how to cast it. We got the players. Let's go. And it was, let's go. And we had a fun evening. It was like three to four hours or something. We learned a lot about Legion TD. We gave them exposure. Super nice scene. Super nice people. Uh, nice back and forth final. So, yeah. That's what I like. And that's what I want to see more. So, if there's sub genres of Warcraft 3 that want to be featured on the War 3 Champions finals, let me know. When we initially started this, I reached out to basically everyone from... I know, I don't want to call out anybody. Uh, but to a lot of initiatives in the Warcraft 3 scene saying, guys, this is basically our convention. Give me some material. I will pluck the shit out of you. If you're a community streamer or whatever, or if you're a homepage or if, whatever, just send me a picture, a video, anything, talking point, PowerPoint presentation. I don't care. I will promote you. Nobody did that. So, hey. Uh, okay, not, not true. Fountain of Mana did that, which was great. And I think the, high f uh, the, the Melee map community did that as well. So, yeah, shout out to them. But I want more. I'm always hungry. Now we establish having a great one-on-one -on -one tournament, having a great FFA tournament. Love the responses to the FFA content, by the way. And I love that you uh, cherish and embrace uh, the FFA uh, casters as well and the play mode in general. So that's super cool to see. But I want I want that with more. Now that we did Legion TD and FFA, give me more. Run a two-on-two -two tournament. Uh, we can... Broadcast, for example, quarterfinals and semifinals prior to the War 3 Champions and then just the grand final at the War 3 Champions weekend. Many different opportunities that we can do. Uh, it's just we can't be re responsible for everything because then we burn out. Whew, that's a lot of talking. How am I? 40 minutes? Okay, that was my second talking point, War 3 Champions finals. Um... Yeah, if you have feedback, by the way, for the finals, let us know. There's a feedback thread on our Discord, especially. Uh, we read everything you send us on socials. So if you have an idea how to make this better, let us know. I was thinking with, like, toying with the idea of changing the format for season 11. 
uh, to have maybe regional qualifiers. So instead of picking the top 16 of the entire ladder, uh, pick the top eight of Europe and Asia and pick the top four maybe of Americas and have a little prelim and then putting the winners against each other. But I don't know if I like that. I just want to boost the Americas and European scene a bit. And I don't really know how to do it. So if you guys have any ideas about this, if you guys uh, have a light bulb above your head all of a sudden, then let me know, man. I'm I'm not the end-all, be-all. I'm not the smartest guy ever. So if you have a cool tournament format uh, that's somewhere lying around, let me know. Speaking of tournament formats, you guys haven't heard this yet if you're only listening to the podcast, but if you are... Oh, wait. Uh, let's not do it here. We also had two other tournaments. Yeah, that, that seems like a better structure. Uh, we had two other tournaments, two bigger tournaments with the Doobie Cup in China, where surprisingly Happy was dropping in the group stage. What happened there? It was probably not his day. I haven't seen the games, to be honest. Uh, that was all Remo. But Happy dropped there. First he dropped to the lower bracket against Lawlion. And then he dropped out of the tournament against 15 Sway. Which A, props to Lawlight and 15 Sway. We then saw the continuation of Lawlight versus Happy in the best of five with War 3 Champions. Which was even better. And 15 Sway, man, he's getting more and more solid. I'm becoming more and more a fan of him. So happy dropping in the group stage was also the reason why he dropped from the top one uh, position in the ELO rank. And oh boy, do people not understand how an ELO ranking works. So I got so many angry comments on YouTube. Oh my god, worst stats ever. Who puts these rankings together? Like An algorithm, dude. How can you put 1 to 0 above Happy when Happy 6 owed him? Well, Happy lost two games in a day and 1 to 0 won the tournament without dropping a map. That's one of the reasons, for example, you idiot. It's so, yeah. Maybe before you flame the stats or the ranking. Look up where the ranking is coming from, how an ELO ranking works, and then we can talk again. If you see a flaw in the system, if you see a flaw in how this calculated, fine. If you have no clue what you're talking about, shut the fuck up. Sorry for my language. I hope you're not listening in with your kids. I'll try to be PG from here on out. No, maybe not. This is, podcast is not the PG format, right? So, uh, that happened. 1-0 won the Doobie Cup in impressive fashion. What I want to point out here as well is Sock, who had a great grand final run with a win over Colorful. And oh boy, that game versus Colorful, or these games versus Colorful, were super sick. Definitely recommendation. One of the best human versus Night Elves in a while. And Sock seemingly getting some better performances than Chemico recently. So the debate of who's the best human is probably up for grabs again. 
Uh, but Chemico also had a side job for a while, which he now quit again, I think, from what I've heard. So hopefully Chemico is bouncing back. With the help of Raptor Gaming, maybe. <laughs> Boost his fee, maybe. Um, yeah, would would be nice to see Chemico bouncing back. Definitely necessary for the poor human and their pie chart. We also had AWL, and oh boy, was I happy about AWL. This is kind of a tournament that we never covered because it's on Africa TV and we are, of course, on Twitch. So we could never get the broadcast license for this. But what we did is, um, like, I really, really wanted coverage for this in English. There were some pirate streams before, but that's not the appropriate way to do, I think. Everything... Uh, should be done professionally if we expect professional behavior from tournament organizers and players we as broadcasters should also behave professionally and not just pirate stream anything so we found a cool solution uh, that Africa TV is running the channel and just hires me as talent just like uh, DreamHack did before or whatever WCA did before and uh, just not then I can cast on Afrika, as I'm just talent for their production. So I had tons of fun. Afrika games were super sick. And they always said it's season one on the broadcast. So I really hope there's more. It's, of course, an Asia-centric tournament with China and Korea only maybe uh, they invited foggy but he had to withdraw of course because he was moving at that time but it would be cool to have foggy back if there's a next season mm, soccer's one to zero was pretty sick i started casting from the round of eight onwards and every single game was banger the semi-finals were pretty one-sided but then we got a four to three grand final of lynn over 1-2-0, and that was just insane. That was just two and a half hours, Undead versus Orc, gimme everything. Gloves off, just insane Warcraft between the two, even levels, and yeah. 1-2-0 for once, not able to winning an Asian tournament, so the dominator of the East got dethroned there. Uh, I guess he won Doobie Cup a little bit later, but yeah, for once... Uh, Lin stepped up to the occasion and boom. Gra sick grand final. Leading us to two show matches. Because uh, we established, of course, that Happy's the best player in the West. Uh, we discussed this after DreamHack. There was no doubt. He won DreamHack without dropping a single map. He also wins pretty much everything uh, that is happening now, including the War 3 Champions tournaments. But the same was the case for 1-2-0 on the other side who basically won every single tournament. So we had a show match then, uh, the Sunday <laughs> of Happy vs. 1-0, and oh boy, was that a slaughter. I was so hyped for this. At the moment of their games, it was rank 2 against rank 3 on the ELO. It was the two dominators against each other. And game 1 was kind of fun. It was twisted, and due to a scouting mistake, 1-2-0 lost that, and then Happy broke him on map 2 with playing Dreadlord. Shout out to the haters who are always saying Happy plays the same. Any, every time. 
not true. And then 1-2-0 was completely broken. Uh, couldn't switch up his game too much anymore. Happy was just faster in every single regard. And yeah, felt felt a little like 1-2-0 gave up without noticeably giving up. He tried to fight, but it wasn't it wasn't a confident 1-2-0 anymore. Happy, I think seriously, Happy broke him in map 2, where it was big mistakes by 1-2-0, by the way. It was very, very clear that he's not comfortable playing Crypt Lord. Like many Western players are, uh, like a Happy is, like a Vortex was, like an X Lord is. There's definitely some work to do, in my opinion. So yeah, that show match was a little bit of a disappointment. But this Sunday, ladies and also gentlemen, we get Happy versus Linen Show Cup. Oh, rejoice! Show Cup is turning their game up, everybody. It's It got a little stale, to be honest, these show matches. Because Happy was just dominating everyone. And someone on YouTube said, uh, just is the question if Happy is dropping a single map or not. And I kind of agree. It was also always the same opponents in Colorful Soin, um, 15 Sway, and then Life came up. But apparently... The organizers did something. So the famous streamers now have to play in order to stream the games. So this is probably why we saw the Happy versus TED show match. This is probably why we saw the Happy vs. 1-0 show match. And as we just today learned, uh, this is also probably why we get the Happy versus Lin match. Uh, this is super hype for Sunday. Happy versus Lin is a dream match. Any time. And it doesn't really matter where they play or how they play or what the rule set is or what the server situation is. Always guaranteed banger. These are the greatest. The absolute greatest players that we got in the scene. And they will clash in the best of six. Um, their Riju Cup encounter was already super hype. And yeah, Lin... Tremendous shape against 1-2-0 and AWL. I hope he keeps it up. Happy gets better and better versus Orc as well. And uh, let's see. Maybe he has some new tricks up his sleeve with the cool opener that I talked before. He played a Dreadlord. So since he played Dreadlord in Mirror, I think nothing is off the table anymore. <laughs> really? It's going to be fascinating, man. I'm very much looking forward to this Sunday. Um, this, is, this is indeed a dream. So speaking of the streamer situation... News we got today is that there's show matches scheduled uh, with Soin again. Uh, okay. Uh, but afterwards, Infi, TH, Fly, Lawliot. That's the upcoming show cups, everybody. That is insane. That's just banger dream matches. Love that they changed something. I don't know what exactly. But this will be extraordinary entertainment for all the Warcraft fans. And I love it. This will be hype. This will be a lot of hype. So. So much for the competitive scene. Um, I'm going to take a little break. To get something to drink. And then we will discuss uh, our new weekly cup and the grassroots scene.
and that should be an experience as well. So uh, this podcast not over. Maybe split it in two episodes. Nah, it's gonna be an Excel version for the comeback. So uh, I'll be right back. Feel free to drop me uh, some comments in the podcast channel here on Discord. All right, recording continues for this XL version of the Return of the Back to Warcraft podcast because this was all pro scene. Now let's go a bit into the grassroots and lower tier, I would say, partly uh, because we have an, a new initiative for three to four weeks. And that is the Return of the Back to Warcraft Cups. Um, to be honest, this is something we should have done way earlier. And I am partly to blame. Because do you know that feeling when there's too much work to do and you just feel stupor and you can't work against that mountain of work that you're standing against? This is somehow how I felt at the beginning of the year. So... In theory, starting a cup isn't the hardest thing in the world. You have a sign-up page to get some funds, um, maybe an admin, and let's go. So, it, it's relatively easy to do. It's not much work. And it's definitely something that is necessary. It feels kind of, kind of bad that we left the scene without a cup for four months. Um, I was very, very slow on that. And that we have this back is basically due to Slash, German caster, of course. You should know him, funny guy. Because I was talking about this for a long time and I knew I would do it, I just didn't know how. And I, I oftentimes feel that we get so much support already, whether it be financially or... I don't know, people doing graphics or whatever. I feel oftentimes bad to reach out to people asking for help, especially asking for time. Because the this, the support that we get is, is enormous. So Slash came up and said, yo, bro, time for a cup. I said, yeah, man, but how? I don't want to ask New Hero Enduro to do even more. Uh, I also definitely got a problem with um, passing over responsibility to volunteers uh, because I don't want to pressure them with all work and the responsibility. So Slash said, you know what? I'm helping you. I got a friend, uh, Onyx, who's with me, and we just do it. I said, brother, that's hella nice. We do it. When do we want to start? Um, ah, I looked into my calendar, like, okay, that weekend we're busy, but the weekend after. Let's, let's start in 10 days. <laughs> okay. Let's just start in 10 days. It does, didn't need much planning, but I knew I wanted to do things better than four players and ESL. And I was also, at that time of creating the cup, a little frustrated with the map situation. You might remember from like a year ago or two that I was never really the guy to talk about maps a lot because I simply didn't care too much where games were played. But the map pool was so stubborn. Stubborn? No, so stale 
for a long time that even I got fed up with it. Same maps every time, same map pools every time. I mean, we had Shallow Grave in, that was a nice alternative, but since it was the only new map, it was oftentimes vetoed. So I knew that map pool was something that I really wanted to tackle. And ever since we did the back to, like, basically every competition we do, uh, in my opinion, had the best seedings. Like, ESL used ESL performances for seedings, which is very one-dimensional and very inside their own bubble. And I don't really like that. Four players, I'm not really sure how seeding worked there, but it also seemed a little odd at times. And random seeds just suck. So the simplest solution is just rank players first by their tournament ELO and then by their War3 Champions MMR. That makes early rounds very, very hard for new players. I know that, and that's definitely a flaw of our system but it creates the best quarterfinals, semifinals, and grand finals, of course. So, yeah, seeding was very, very clear how we do this map pool. I wasn't too sure. Easiest, of course, simplest solution, just take the same seven maps that everybody has and just do what everybody else does. Lame. Lame. <laughs> I hated it. And I knew, because I'm in the map makers Discord, that there's, and of course we had the Hive Workshop Cup where we saw new maps already and I knew that they were very, very promising, that there is potential for new maps. And we haven't had new one-on-one -on -one maps in a long time, also not on War 3 Champions because everything is, everybody is so careful of not disrupting the one-on-one -on -one map pool because it's so important for pro play. But this seemed like a chance to just split it up. And we kind of went the War 3 Champions final approach of taking the entire War 3 Champions map pool of all 13 maps. But that felt a little excessive. So the early rounds of our cup are obviously best of one. So the cup won't last eight hours or 10 hours. And if everybody in the round of 64, whatever it is, has to Banned 12 maps, little excessive for my taste. So <laughs> I did like the approach of, of new and different maps. So we came up with our current solution, which is for the entire tournament series, we take the entire map pool of all 13 maps, and then we rotate every single week with the help of the community and a little bit of luck. So... I drew the first seven maps. We always use seven maps for the cup, uh, which is what you need when you run a best of five grand final. That was all random for the first edition. And the first map pool was already a little wild with a lot of new maps in. And after every cup, the people who are still in Twitch chat can vote what map of these seven they want to get rotated out. So three maps every week, out. And then... There's, of course, maps left over. And we will draw three maps by random. So every single week we have a new map pool. Uh, this gives more incentive to play all maps on War 3 Champions Ladder. This gives a showcase to new maps. Because 
it's an old game, right? We're all old. Innovation, not really our thing. <laughs> I get that. But sometimes you gotta force things on players when it's for the greater good. And introducing new maps, they have to be forced. Uh, I think for the common folk, like you and me and everybody who plays on ladder, you need to see maps on stream to figure out creep routes and to just learn the map. And for that, you need to have the pros playing on this, even if maps might be a little flawed in the beginning. So I said, screw it. We take all maps and let's go. And I think we've had wild map pools, very extraordinary map pools. It doesn't feel stale. It feels like you guys enjoying the new maps a lot because the new maps in the three votes that we've had always survived by a long shot. Old maps always gets vetoed, especially stuff like Amazonia. Even Aquiles didn't have the best of times, but Amazonia, man, it feels like everybody hates Amazonia for a good reason. <laughs> I think it's a trash map by now. Uh, could probably be fixed somehow, but yeah, nobody wants to see any games on that. We just have it in the pool because it's in the War 3 Champions pool. And I think War 3 Champions has it in the pool because there's Asian tournaments running on that map. But I think it's time to get rid of it for sure. For good. Um, so we had insane sign-up numbers, everybody. Really happy with that. Uh, you remember the last stretch of the ESL Cups and also four-player Cups, there oftentimes was a struggle to find 32 players. We had, for the first edition of our Comeback Cup, 82 players, then 54, and then 65. That is freaking great. 264 grids filled out of three approaches. And this was a little bit against all odds. I once again, like after the second cup, the second cup had the same issues as the War 3 Champions Cup, the tournament. That lobby creation was kind of stressful because of the launcher issue. So we had a lot of rehosting. And for that, the tournament ran really, really long. And I got a lot of feedback saying, you gotta start this earlier. It's running way too late. Like, yeah, there was an issue. We cast it until like 1.30 in the second episode. But that's not the fault of the starting time. It's not really the fault of the system. It's just because we got delayed. And of course, it was a full-out best of five grand final between Happy and Foggy, which was also insane. Absolutely insane. Gotta watch it. Recommendation. Watch it. And then in the third episode, we were back at almost flawless schedule again. So the starting time is fine. Especially, like, we always have our main focus on the European scene. Because, of course, we are from Europe. And even if it's Friday, you gotta get back from home. You gotta eat something. In the Warcraft scene, you maybe have to take care of kids and family and other stuff. And then you can maybe participate. So 7 p.m., is probably not changing. 6 p.m. is too early. That was an issue with ESL Cups for a long time. And yeah, it's a little stressful for time zones that are later. 
but it's definitely doable. We're gamers. I mean, L- Lucy and Thunder are playing it every week, and they're playing until 6 a.m. Uh, it's not the end of the world, I think. To play a little later. It's Friday anyway. It's also the best time for viewers to watch. This won't change. I'm very, very happy uh, with everything, basically. With the quality of the games. We had Starbuck in the first grand final. It was super fun to follow. The fish games are super cool to watch. Uh, Especially his encounter versus Thunder. Oh, boy, that was sick. Um, Thunder took a map off a fog with a tower push. That was glorious. Like, super happy across the board. You guys are boosting the prize pool every single time. Um, how it works is we put in $75 from our own pocket and then you got the chance to double the prize money if you want to because I could open up a can of worms here. Should I? I think I should. So we do a lot via Matcherino and that is for several reasons. A, when you run a tournament and don't have crowdfunding attached to it, you get so many messages. Why aren't you doing a crowdfund? I would love to contribute. All right. So let's do everything with a Matcherino so people can, if they want to, contribute. Because it doesn't necessarily hurt. Everything else would just be more stressful. Uh, Second thing is, if you do it via Matcherino, I have nothing to do with the payout, really. I just... Enter the Matcherino profile of the players and Matcherino takes care of everything. And that is really helpful to get rid of all that bureaucratic stuff. And this is why Matcherino is the platform to go. And then, of course, there's crowdfunding attached to it. I do agree that we we're not necessarily asking for a lot because it's all voluntary uh, but it might seem like now that everything has a matcherino attached to it mm, it feel like, feels like we are milking the scene a little bit too much and I 100% agree with that but matcherino has so many upsides that I take it I take this downside speaking of Contributions and financing stuff. So as I said, the $75 we put in each week, we're taking from our own money. You know, one beer less, basically, uh, in Norway, (laughs) whatever it is. Uh, But we found a new partner in Holy Energy. You might know them from uh, Slash's stream already. It's a Berlin startup doing a newer approach to energy drinks. And they said, hey, like what you do? How can we come together? I said, hey, we got weekly cups every single week, obviously. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a weekly cup. And if we if we can somehow finance that, that would be great. So, boom, new sponsor, Holy Energy, from May 1st on. Um, so, we have Corsair and we got Holy Energy by our side. And with that, that makes it a little easier to finance this for once again. And this has always been my approach. I want to finance things for the long term. So for the first cup, we already got huge contributions. Like one guy was putting in $500 or something. 
Um, there's two different approaches to how to handle this. Either ask for contributions every single week and have no limit at all and what the community contributes goes to the players. I think it's a little smarter to cap the prize pool at a certain point and that is with our weekly cup at $150 and everything that goes above it goes to funding future tournaments. So already we got, I think, 25 cups covered. That is half a year. That's pretty great. So shout out Holy Energy, shout out to everybody who was uh, con contributing. This Back to Warcraft Cup thing is meant to last, apparently. And I think we can even expand on it. So we do have future plans. Um, we do run this weekly cup without an ELO cap. And this is, of course, leading to a certain kind of community member uh, or certain kind of community members to hate on the format a little bit. Oh, it's just another happy cup. But my argument for this is you need a foundation for everything. And you need a foundation for competitive Warcraft, obviously. And the most simple, basic thing you can have is a weekly cup to figure out who's the best player of the week. And yeah, Happy is the best player of the week and will probably be the best player of the week for a long time. But what should we do? Just make it elo cap for him, then Foggy wins. Make it elo cap for Foggy and Happy, then Hawk wins. There's, there are certain gaps between these players. And yeah. So I think having one open cup is absolutely necessary to have just the best of the best playing it out and the best one gets the money. That's how society works. And then we can do other stuff if we see, hey, people want to play these cups, people want to support the tournaments, and then we can do a second cup with an ELO cap or we introduce a fun cup every Monday, whatever. Play Random Heroes one week. Uh, play Random Races one week. Play whatever, two and two one week. Play, I don't know, reverse races might be a little tough. Play only on one map one week, you know? If if the funding is there, and apparently the funding is there, uh, we can do a lot more. So I'm looking forward to that, but let's get one or two months with the Open Cup in first, and then let's see how we explore this and support also players that can't beat happy, for example, who like silver and bronze cups were the best thing. Uh, four, four players did a hell of a job there. So yeah, having that back would be insane. Plus a fun cup, maybe then we got four of seven days covered, which is bonkers for a scene without big sponsorship money and without publisher support, right? It would be great. But so we're working towards that. Which leads me to... That's the Back to Warcraft uh, Weekly Cup covered. I think. If you have any feedback on that, feel free. Put it in the comments. Put it in the discords. We're reading everything. And we're listening. And sometimes we're even changing upon your feedback. If it's a good idea. If your ideas are better than us. Which is rare. But it happens. So... Um, speaking of feedback, 
we got a lot of feedback concerning the Experion tournaments because it's season four, uh, or not season four, uh, the, the fourth event that Experion took place a couple of weeks ago and it was a little bit of a mess. Um, the invite process was a little bit of a mess uh, because we had a couple of COVID cases and late replacements and then there was a little bit of miscommunication as to where there should be a Metrino and crowdfunding for that or not. Uh, there were a lot of issues, basically. And we got a lot of... like We, in this case, is uh, basically a team of Entis, Sparta, Fishy, Slash, and a couple of other people who are involved with this. And we got bad feedback. Like, we got good feedback, but criticism. We got criticism for w what happened there. And it was kind of cool to see that we all want this to continue because if you don't know what it is, Ex Experion is a LAN in Cologne that we run every two to three months, depending on like schedule and availability. And it's just the absolute best to grow a community and to get to know each other better and just having faces to a nickname. Having a place for the community to come together and talk to us, talk to Slash, talk to the pros a little bit. Um, Experion is a very, very, very important event, especially in the German scene. We also had some guests over for the first time. It was uh, Jackie even came over, etc. Side was there a couple of times. Bizarre was there. Uh, the Dutchies are coming with Armin and Suske. So it's 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 a bonding experience for all of us, for sure. And it's very dear to our hearts. And yeah, we fucked up. But it was also fucked up in a way that we took this feedback and we came together and talked to each other and uh, oh okay we got a little complacent got a little lazy got a little sloppy let's do it better and i think now everything is better experience five will happen um, I just posted it today, May 28, May 2nd, and May 9 are the qualifiers. We have two qualifiers this time. Uh, the process of who plays Experion changed a little bit. Prior to that, we had a couple of invites and a couple of qualifiers. Uh, for the qualifiers, it was always a little stressful, um, as they oftentimes had to decline at a certain point. So it's a lot more invites now. And the list of invites is freaking great, everybody. Uh, and only two qualifiers. So 10 players invited, two qualifiers makes things easier. Uh, players can, like the invited players can plan their travel a little faster or earlier. And the qualifiers are still early enough that even in the worst cases, we can find replacements. So hopefully that's better. Uh, the responsibility in the orga are a lot better now. Everybody knows what their job is. Um, before, I think for Experion 3 and 4, was just ah, someone, someone else will do it at some point, right? That, that, that was the feeling, I guess. Now everybody knows their job and boom, 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 boom. Everything is a lot better. So we had to get a little slap on our wrist to uh, fix that properly and to have a great Experion 5. Very much looking forward to this on May 28th. Hope to see you guys there, of course. The time in Cologne with you. Uh, going to a bar afterwards together is always the uh, best part of a month. So see you in Cologne, hopefully. 
And sorry to all the players and viewers and whatever um, for the last episode. But we promise to do better. And we can do better. And we will do better. More grassroots. More grassroots as this community bonding thing is already a little bit grassroots. But it has uh, very, very good players at the Experion. So do our cups. Going super grassroots. In case you missed it. I started playing a little bit more. I signed up for GNL, which is the Gym Newbie League. It is an initiative by the Gym Discord, the place to learn the game. You you sign up and you get drafted into a team. And then every week you get an opponent that is of similar skill. Plus you get coaching uh, and you get a team behind your back that you can I I interact with and I always said I'm 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 not the guy you should play on streams uh, I'm just here casting and producing you other guys do the clicking and stuff but I felt like now that content is becoming more rare it's a good time and a good opportunity to a, create content and B, finally, after almost 20 years, probably learn this game. <laughs> uh, so I signed up. It, it, it felt right. And I got into a great team, Clutch and Kick, uh, Clutch or Kick, with great team members. Uh, we had a very, very good time. I learned a lot. I was coached by people like Young Hofer, Qbert, of course, Carson, uh, Link helped me a lot. It was just genuinely great. Whenever you had a question, people were there to answer. Whenever uh, you had something to celebrate, uh, our team celebrated together. If someone was feeling down after a loss, we cheered him up. Like a really, really cool team spirit. And not only between us in our team, but also cross team. Um, was always super fair and nice to interact with your opponents. Mm. The entire chat of Jim Newbie League was super cool and interacted a lot with each other. Like, the way this league is handled is really, really good and professional, I want to say. Even if it's just grassroots, um, people hold it very, very dear to their hearts. Uh, and you feel it. Like, in everything they do, the coaches of the teams put, put the matches together and talk about it so much. And feels like a big deal, so... For me, it definitely was a big deal. I was really nervous, even though I know I had some good coaching and even after good ladder runs that I had, I always felt super nervous when it was a GNL game. Unbelievable. I ended the season with like two wins and four losses, unfortunately. I tilted even a little bit at times. I know I can do better when I'm like not facing them at GNL. For example, I lost to a guy called Buzzkill in Undead vs. Night Elf. And then I met them at King of the Hill again and I slapped his ass. So, you know, most, a lot of nervousness involved. But um, I was always playing Ted Fiends prior to joining GNL and against certain races and certain strategies that's just really bad. So my goal was... Uh, to fix my Night of matchup and to implement a little bit of variety in my play. And these goals I definitely reached. Like I'm playing DK Fast expansion now. I'm playing uh, Crypt Lord expansions every now and then. I'm on my way to learn Lich first, you know. And that was all in the span of five weeks. 
I learned so much in just five weeks and add a lot of flavor to my own play. And what's even more important to me is that I feel so connected to the scene there, like I've never felt before. I was, of course, always there. But I was oftentimes a little isolated, I would say. Now I'm right in, right in the community, a part of that. And it's such a great feeling. So whatever GNL 10 comes up, I 100% recommend uh, to do that and to sign up. Uh, it doesn't matter. There's people with like 700 MMR and they benefit so much. They sometimes even double their MMR in like two or three seasons, if you stay committed, of course. Uh, but everybody benefits from it. If you have a little time and a little bit of drive, it's just a great experience. What can I say? So yeah, that was... GNL was wonderful. Uh, shout out to everybody who does it. We, Our team, unfortunately, uh, lost in the semifinals. So we are not part of the grand finals. Uh, which is... Double-edged sword, because of course I'm very, very sad that I can't bring glory to the cock in the grand final and redeem myself a little bit. But I can cast the grand final. And this is what we'll do. Um, a, a match at GNL between two teams already it always consists of a lot of matches. I think like 11 or something. So everybody is playing at their own time. For the finals, we bring everybody together with as many live games as possible. So on Saturday... Uh, April 30, we will have an entire day of GNL Grand Final, which is going to be so cool. We have <laughs> hopefully nine games plus um, with the best players in that league with a fair matchmaking. And we will probably have coaches and team members up for co-casting to, to celebrate the end of Season 9. It's their first playoffs and... I just want to give another showcase to this beautiful initiative. I got some friends there in both teams, actually. So let's see how uh, who comes up on top and who's becoming the king of the gym and claim the GNL championship and uh, take over the Boshi monkeys who won last time. So that means GNL is ending soon. But that doesn't mean that you can't join initiatives because I think at the moment Grassroots Warcraft is in the best state ever. With stuff like GNL, we also have the Creep Camp League for mostly German audience. But that is running for two weeks. I signed up for that as well and will play my games in the German show Creepjack. Uh, we also have the Fountain of Mana League, which is... A leak also for everybody. You sign up and you mention what your MMR is. And then you get put in a league with similarly strong opponents. So this might be your first competitive environment uh, with similarly skilled players. I will sign up for that as well. Uh, they have a Twitter account. Fountain of Manor League is the Twitter account. F-O-M League. Uh, and they say signups will start this week. So, yeah, I will definitely sign up for that. Even though I will miss my team of GNL, I'm going to be uh, a lone rider. I will be there and I will uh, participate there. And probably stream a lot as well as this league also. It goes from super mega grassroots 
to basically a pro first division. Basically like the Wall Street Champions ladder. Uh, but we always say ladder is just ladder. And if you're playing in the league for points, for maybe getting relegated into a, a higher league or something, could be pretty dope. I would love you to meet me there. And I read a lot of feedback that I encourage a lot of people to start playing themselves, which is amazing. I had a little bit of anxiety because everybody I hang out with is so much better. Like I'm hanging out with Todd Remo Carson, basically, right? Uh, they're all so much better than I am at this game because I always did uh, production first, designs first, streaming techniques first, uh, just basically coverage first. And I never really played myself. And for the first time, I got the like some theoretical knowledge, but now uh, it's time to prove myself. And it's oftentimes embarrassing. And there's a couple of clips floating around where I lose two of my heroes against certain creeps. Happens, though. It seems like everybody... Not not every... It's, it's not for everybody, of course. It's, it's very clowny content. But it seems like I can do first-person streaming and you guys still enjoy it, which is super nice. <sighs> so yeah, feeling very, very welcome and feeling very, very good with playing more myself. And then there's more grassroots from a German streamer called Sparta. And I think this guy is flying under the radar a lot as he's mostly streaming in German. Uh, but he is doing so much for this community. It's actually insane. Uh, you might know him as the clan leader of Sparta, of the of the Spartans, S4S. Armin is there, for example. 84 is there, for example. Trunks is there. But he's not only a clan leader. He's not only a streamer. He's also a tournament organizer. And he just displayed his roadmap for the upcoming weeks and months. And that roadmap for a single... I don't know if he has a team behind him or if he does it all by himself, but that's freaking insane. So what he does for a long time is the Spartans League. I think they are in season 11 now, which is a one-on-one -on -one, uh, league for everybody. He also recently created a clan league called uh, the, the Masters League, which is amazing. We're not really sure if W3IL will come back. Um... Not sure if W3L will come back. Then we got a couple of other clan tournaments like W and WC3L or something. But nobody was ever really happy with how this league is run. And Sparta, he's just doing stuff. Like, okay, I'm not really satisfied with how other people do it. Then I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> it feels like people are pretty happy with what he does. So... One-on-one -on -one Spartans League is something he does for the higher-tier players. Uh, Masters League is also for the higher-tiered clans. But it goes down to also amateur teams and just group of friends signing up for this. He also does the Peon Cup for people with 1,500 MMR and below, where I signed up and uh, didn't go too far. He also does a Grunt Cup for 2050 MMR. Um... And also other community building stuff. Like Sparta is doing so much. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he's not burning out 
with having a real life job and doing all this orga, how he's not getting batshit crazy from this orga. I don't know. I just want to make sure that you guys know that Sparta basically does something for everyone and you should follow him everywhere um, to just see what he puts out. It's incredible. So, that's it. That's the podcast. One hour, what is it? 30 minutes roundabout. Nice. XL episode, lots of topics covered. Um, there were a, lo- a couple of questions. I think I answered this already, uh, but Netherer is coming in. You've played a fair bit of GNL and training on stream this last month. Do you find it anxiety in- inducing? Or are you way past that being on camera so much at this point? Mm. Yeah, I think I covered this a bit. I The, the first two times I was really embarrassed by how bad I am in comparison to everything we show. Uh, I thought for a while should I stream on my own channel, but then I guess why? Then there's almost no audience. If people don't like it and are not interested in my personality and low-level gaming, then they can just not tune in, I guess. So I wanted to offer it to people and people kept tuning in. It was nice. They were cheering me up and it felt like I was everybody's little pet at some point. <laughs> uh, there was very little backseat gaming and very little trolling, which made it very easy for me. So shout out to my coaches, uh, Younghofer and Qbert and Carson, etc. For helping me out, especially the coaching with Qbert, man. It's so sick how like it, it feels like he's standing behind me with a leash. <laughs> And and Armin, of course. But Armin is, is a super nice and relaxed coach. Uh, I, I enjoyed this a ton. So, yeah, I can just recommend joining the gym and grab a coach. Embarrassing myself on stream. I got a little grumpy when I lost my GNL matches. Not gonna lie. I put a lot of pressure on myself for this. And I failed and that didn't feel good because I worked. Sometimes I uh, really worked hard for the games. And then it just didn't work at all. And then I uh, felt this so disappointed in myself, though. Mm. All the other stuff? Very great experience. Didn't expect this, to be honest. I thought everybody who's tuning into the pro games will shit on me. It didn't. Uh, very, very good experience. Very good experience. You cheered with me when I won Crazy Ladder Games. Uh, you gave me good advice in a nice supportive fashion was really really surprised okay then I think that's pretty much it for now for the comeback of the podcast we have a lot to tackle next week I think next week I will go into a little bit of a... Like, this This was a pretty lighthearted podcast, I think, uh, with a lot of good news and good coverage and just, like, a welcome back, this is what happens kind of thing. Next week, maybe we have to discuss the uh, CIS scene topic with the Russian invasion going on for once to... Like, we posted some... 
statements already on like socials and also discussed this here and there, but never combined and well thought out. I think the podcast is the perfect format for that to give all my thoughts in a condensed matter, but also be able to talk as long as I want to and not be limited by uh, Twitter sign restrictions, etc. So yeah, I guess that's going to be the topic for next week. That's not going to be pretty. The comments will not be pretty, but some stuff has to be done. And if you are a supporter of this project, you might be in our discords and receive the patreon updates that we post here and there and maybe we can announce something next week already maybe not i would certainly tune in to not miss it if we announce it because i can tell you big things are coming so Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for tuning into this Discord stage thing that we never did before. And welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Tune in to the Weekly Cup. Sign up to the Weekly Cup. Uh, join us for the GNL Grand Finals this Saturday and make 100% sure to not miss Lynn versus Happy this week. Also on Monday is the Experion Qualifier where you should sign up to. And then uh, next weekend we have the ESL Germany Meisterschaft Grand Finals in Berlin where we will be. And a lot of the players will also be there. So this should be fun. And shout out to Corsair, shout out uh, to now Holy Energy. Um, go check out their products. Thanks for uh, thanks to their support. We can do what uh, we want to do with this channel and sometimes even more. So, yeah. Thank you for your support. You can support us on Twitch with a sub, even with Amazon Prime. It's for free. You can donate to us. All of these links are available at backtowarcraft.com slash support. So easy as it gets, you find all the ways to support us. Wait a second. There it is. So as I said, uh, whether it's here on Patreon from $2 to up to 50 whatever you can afford for the special insights, for the coaching, for everything. Twitch sub if you're mostly enjoying our live streams and want some emotes. Let's go. One-time donations can be done by a page, uh, by. PayPal, credit card, and even cryptocurrency. You can buy our merchandise and, of course, support our partners, Corsair and Holy Energy. See you next week. And leave feedback. Also, if you want some things to discuss, uh, to be discussed, hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We got a Discord with feedback channel. Uh, if, if you are a supporter, you see the secret supporters channel as, as well. We can always drop suggestions and uh, get a privileged uh, response. See ya then.